Once women have lost her and then found her again, they will contend to keep her for good. Once they have regained her, they will fight hard to keep her, for with her their creative lives blossom, their relationships gain meaning and depth and health, their cycles of sexuality, creativity, work, and play are reestablished. They know instinctively when things must die and when things must live. They know how to walk away. They know how to stay. Clarissa Pincola Estes Welcome to In Her Image, Finding Heavenly Mother in Scholarship, the Arts, and Everyday Life. I'm your host, Kate, and tonight I am joined by Tessa. Tessa Lee is a an artist. Um, she has an Instagram account called Tessa Lee Art, and she's just someone that I've connected with. Uh, Jess and I have connected with her. She has a lot of beautiful art um, centering around motherhood and also the divine feminine. And I especially love reading the captions on your art because you you just share your soul. You share the things that you're learning and the ways that you're expanding. And it's just really resonated with me. And so um, I'm really excited. I'm really excited to sit down with you tonight. So welcome. Thank you so much. I also feel the same about you and Jess. It's been so amazing to find women like you guys that are yeah, sharing what we're learning and just excited about um, all the excitement about the Divine Feminine. Thank you. Yes, the respect is mutual. Um, so I would love to let our audience hear more about your personal story. We're going to talk about a few pieces of your art that have been especially inspiring concerning the divine feminine. But I want to ask you, um, what has your journey of seeking the divine feminine or heavenly mother looked like? When did it start and, and how has it expanded your faith? Yeah. So, um, I would say three years ago, I, um, was painting and I had listened to a podcast um, called Q More by Rosemary Card. And um, it was a whole episode dedicated to Heavenly Mother. And I had heard before that, you know, there was a Heavenly Mother. And I, it's so interesting now because I never had even like thought or really cared to think more about, about a Heavenly Mother until I heard that um, podcast. And I just remember like not being able even to paint as I was listening because I was just in shock that I had never thought about her more. And, um, I don't really remember a lot that was even shared, but I do remember, um, that they said that a prophet, I think it was, uh, president Hinckley had said something about how women shouldn't pray to heavenly mother. Um, And it just really set something off in me, like not even anger, but just like, um, a, a, a really intense desire to just understand heavenly mother and to 
understand why we wouldn't like pray to her, like we would pray to a heavenly father. Mm -hmm. And, um, so I started really trying to feel a inside myself because there's not a lot of information about her. Like what would heavenly mother mean to me? And, um, I would, I had already been meditating. And so I would meditate kind of just thinking of her. Um, and for a lot of, I would say like two and a half years, two and a half to three years, I pretty much never felt anything, um, which was really hard. And I was confused why nobody talked about her really. And I was, I was finding more podcasts that people were talking about. I hadn't really found anyone on Instagram this whole time. And, um, at at the same time, I was going through some personal things in my life that were just hard, um, especially with my marriage. Um, my husband was going through some just changes in his life. And, um, you know, I, I was pregnant and then had a baby and you know how that can kind of, um, add a lot into relationships. (laughs) So we had always had a pretty easy marriage and suddenly it was just not, not fitting like it was. Um, and so about a year ago, um, I, we were having an argument and it was just, you know, how you have kind of the like same arguments, like about different things, but you're both kind of saying the same thing always. It was one Mm -hmm. like that. Um, and I just remember feeling like in my head, I was just thinking I'm doing everything I can to like, be good, like, you know, in quotes, good to be like the good wife and um, the good woman and just the good mom. And I just was feeling like in this argument, it just wasn't being seen and it wasn't really working. And I wasn't feeling good, you know? And I just had this very like kind of out of body moment in that argument where I realized the point of this life is more for me to be okay with who I am than to convince my husband or anyone else that I'm okay. And that if, if I believe I'm good and I'm trustworthy and um, I'm trying my best, then, then that's what matters. And we can work from there. Like our marriage can get better from that point, but my job isn't to convince him of anything. And I'd never in my whole life, which sounds kind of crazy because let's see, I'm, um, I'm about to turn 32. So that was when I was about to turn 31. Um, I'd never even had a thought like that. Like my whole life I'd been like, okay, I need to prove to everyone, you know, I guess my worth, I don't think I really thought about it like that, but anyway. Um, so it was a really big moment for me. And that night I actually feel like I, um, kind of like entered a like, you know, dark soul of the night. <laughs> like I couldn't sleep all night. And it just, I, it was a mixture of like intense fear. And also like, I just felt something shift inside me that was like standing up and just saying, I can't do this anymore. All in so many areas of my life, not just my marriage. I can't, I can't keep trying so hard and not ever feeling like I was enough really. Um, and the next day I had a really good conversation with my husband and it just had a 100% different energy. There was not like any anger. And it was just me saying, listen, I'm trying my best. And I really believe like 
I'm a, a good person. And um, like, you need to decide if that's going to be enough for you. And saying that out loud was just so freeing to be like, I'm enough for me. And if I'm not enough for him, like, that's okay. I'll be okay. Cause I'm enough for me. And obviously he was not like, okay, well, see ya, <laughs> you know, <laughs> he's, right. a, he's a amazing person and really loving. And, um, that night kind of shifted everything in our marriage and we had a great conversation, but a couple weeks later, or maybe, a, I don't, I don't remember now, but maybe just a few days later, I um, was driving back from somewhere. I was all by myself, which doesn't happen a lot. I have three little kids and I just stopped the car and, um, I just like closed my eyes and kind of tried to meditate for a second. And I had already been searching for like the defined feminine or a heavenly mother at that point is definitely how I connected with her was by that name, heavenly mother. And I, I just, when I closed my eyes, I put my hand on my heart and I just took three breaths just instinctively. I just did that that time. I don't think I'd ever done that before. And I immediately saw like a face and it wasn't like I could see like what she looked like or anything, but it was just like, I felt a feminine presence with me and I felt the words really strongly, like stronger than I maybe ever have in my entire life. I felt the words you've come home to me and to yourself and it will never be the same. And I had like a little conversation I felt like with her and it's even, I mean, obviously I feel kind of emotional talking about it, but um, it was one of the most beautiful moments of my life. And it really honestly has never been the same after that, because I learned in that moment that like, I am enough who I am. And I know like the church and so many churches teach that a lot with, um, with all of the beautiful knowledge that people have about God. Um, but there's something about finding God in yourself that is a whole different level of freedom um, and love. And that's what I found that day. And it really has freed my myself um, from so much hurt and pain. And then also my whole family, like my kids and my husband, I would say we've never been happier than we are now. And that was about a year ago. So um, I feel so strongly connected to the feminine side of God, to heavenly mother, to the divine feminine. And I feel pretty passionate about sharing about it just because I've seen how, you know, amazing it's been in my life. So, Wow. That was so beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, I think a week ago or so you had some stories kind of talking about this, this coming home to yourself and you shared that song from Moana, um, like, you know who you are. And it's so interesting to me because these came out like that movie came out like five years ago. And I remember feeling like really emotional about it that scene but like not understanding what it was about and then ever since like you reposted that I've been listening to that song just like on repeat and like crying (laughs) like (laughs) 
I have crossed the horizon to find you. I know your name. They have stolen the heart from inside you, but this does not define you. This is not who you are. You know who you are. Wow. And and then she says in the movie, I don't think it's on the song part, but then she says her name, which I love that part. She said, because, you know, at that point, she's like the lava monster and she's just so enraged. Um, And then she, Moana says her name and it like, you just kind of see her like settle into herself the like lava monster and her it's her name Tafiti. I, per, I always Tafiti. forget which one. Yeah. Yes. And um, I don't know. I just, I really, when I watched that movie the first time, there was something about her saying her name like that, that I was like, Oh my gosh, I, I have been that <laughs> I have been that like raging monster and like something, you know, can kind of like calls you back to yourself and you're like, wait, this isn't me, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's interesting to look back on your life. And, you know, it really, truly, I don't think it matters um, in the big scheme of things, what, what God or name you're giving your God, like is it is that is coming to you, you know, but then it does matter at the same time. You know, I've heard that from women, like, it doesn't matter if it's heavenly mother or heavenly father, like it's all God, which is so true. It's all God. But Um, I do think for women uncovering uh, how divine you are and then looking back in your life and, and seeing the feminine side of God showing up um, your whole life really heals that wound of feeling like, wait a second, there's a heavenly mother and I don't know anything about her and I've never felt her. And why haven't I felt her? And like, I would never leave my kids. And why would she leave, you know, all of those things. But when you look back and you think about all the moments that you really felt God and you can see that that God that showed up in that moment, in that memory is a way you would show up for your children. And you think, oh my goodness, like she was there. You know, I just, I thought of her in a different way or, or whatever it is. It's, it's really beautiful. So. Yeah. You said, um, you wrote something that resonated with me. Um, you so maybe you can articulate this better than I'll summarize it but you said like when you were a child you needed your heavenly father to like protect you and hold you like a father and then like as a teenager growing you needed Jesus Christ you needed um that older brother to take you under his arm and forgive you and heal you and and as a, as an adult, as a mom now, like you need your mother. And, and I don't, you know, I don't think you meant that you don't need the other two anymore, but just to kind of call back to what you're saying of like how, however you need God, they're there. And for many of us women, we're realizing how much we need our mother. And yeah. I mean, I'm feeling grateful to to live in this time where so many people are talking about it and, and connecting to, to God and as she is. Oh, it is so, it is such an exciting time to be a person who's like 
seeking God, I feel like, especially a, a woman right now. And yeah, I look back. Um, I, so I do feel like when I first found that divine feminine, it, it really changed things. And I, I almost feel like I had to, I don't want to say leave, but I just was more focusing on heavenly mother, um, and less on heavenly father and, um, Christ for a while. And I didn't ever have any guilt about that. I, I have heard other women say like, Oh, like, is this like bad? Like, you know, mm-hmm. um, I always like, as soon as I found her, I just had this really strong intuition of this is good. This is going to bring goodness to you and to just follow what your heart needs. And I think that's kind of the beautiful gift of finding God within you. That's maybe a little different than what everyone is saying is okay, is that it becomes just this very personal relationship and you can kind of stop asking for permission. Um, And I just knew that the permission was coming from within of my spirituality and that I was saying to myself, this, I can trust myself. I know myself and this is good. And so, and when I, when I need heavenly father or Christ, I will know like, not that I don't need them, but I think, you know what I mean? So I focused on her for a long time. And then I, I did feel this sense of like wondering now, how does heavenly father fit back in? Because I do feel like it was such an expansion of my faith. Um, and I remember having some prayers with heavenly father, kind of, you know, asking like, what is your role? Like, I'm, I feel like now I can communicate better with God now, because I have found this way of communicating that is personal to me. And I think it really looks different. Like I do it meditating, um, kind of a, and also like a creative visualization, but I think everyone does it so differently, like maybe journaling or, or through music or whatever it is. And I just remember feeling this really peaceful, feeling of what you're doing, like the energy you have about God, that's what like, I want you to feel like, you know? And I remember I, I had this day, I feel like with a, this awakening with Heavenly Mother, I also have had a feminist awakening, you know, of, of feeling um, angry sometimes about how women are treated. And you know, the things that I've never really even thought about before because I've never been taught. And I was at the gym and I was um, listening to just kind of like um, really good girl music, you know, where it's just like woman power, you know, kind of angsty. (laughs) And it was just amazing. And I'm not really a runner, but I was like running pretty fast for me on the treadmill. And I was like, not even tired, you know, like how that can just kind of like get you going. So I was just running, listening to this music. And it was a playlist that I had created, um, like kind of about women, you know? Um, and so the first like few songs that came on were just like that. Yeah. Like let's rise up. Like women can do it like all that. And then the next song that came on just by chance was the song woman by Mumford and Sons. And I don't know if you've ever heard it, but It is just one of my favorite songs ever. Um, And it just says, like, I don't understand you always, woman, but like, I feel the fire in you. And I, 
I just adore you is pretty much the feeling of the song. And it's just this really great, you know, Mumford and Sons, his like low kind of growly loving voice. And I, I had been picturing in my head when I was running that I was running with like my heavenly mother, who's just so excited and like, yes, like we, we are empowered together and she can get a little angry with me too. And it's just like the best anger. It's not like an anger that's scary or an anger that wants to take it out on people. It's like a anger, like let's, let's be fire together. Yeah. And let's like be excited about the energy that you have. And then all of a sudden that song came on and I just felt so strongly like my heavenly father and Christ and my dad and my husband and just people that love me, my sons that love me so much and they don't understand me, but always, you know, and heavenly father maybe understands me perfectly, or maybe also women are a little bit of a mystery, even in God's, you know, and that women are just that they just love and adore that these beautiful women. And it was just this really healing moment for me. So the reason I share that is that I think that if you're, I mean, I don't know what level most people are uh, into their finding heavenly mother, but if, if there are people listening that are kind of at that stage of, of really feeling connected to heavenly mother and almost worried that they're losing or, or forgetting like what they had with Heavenly Father and Christ, I would say just like all relationships, they grow and they change. And if Heavenly Father and Christ are important to you, they will continue to come back always. And it will be this new way and uh, it will be just as wonderful as before, but with all this new knowledge and, and it will be wonderful and to not worry about that. That's so beautiful. It really, it reminded me of a poem by Carolyn Pearson in the book, Finding Mother God. She said, I tiptoed into prayer hesitantly. Father, do you mind that I'm giving so much attention to her these days? There were no words. There was thought. I thought there was an instant embrace, warm, I thought, and soft and strong that drew me in so close and drew the mother in so close. And there we were, held tight in a circle of three, a familial trinity. That's what I thought. What I know is this. Tears on my cheek. I'm still anchored with my relationship with my Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ. And, um, you know, in whatever form that, that, of God that I need at any moment in my life. And I'm so grateful to have that feminine presence as well. Yeah. I, I talked to a lot of women about this, like through, through my Instagram account. And then also, um, you know, like I'll, I'll talk about it with friends, but I do feel like most women that haven't thought a lot about the divine feminine and are interested um, seem hesitant, like they want to know, you know, what the general authorities have said about it, like what we can say and what we can't say. And I think that there's validity in that because it, there's a little bit of fear of like opening up yourself to trusting yourself to find God. Um, and I think that fear comes from a good place of, 
because it's, it makes you really ask yourself, am I a trustworthy person? And I think that it's really good to be honest with yourself. I mean, that's an important part of having a relationship with God is that you can be honest with yourself in the, in the ways you're maybe not showing up as great as you could be. Um, and then also in the ways that you are showing up amazing. And I really feel like I had to make sure I could trust myself. I think that's why I couldn't find that divine feminine for so long is because I wasn't trusting myself. And I was always, um, you know, and looking for, for advice and, and the answers through everyone else. And for me, that didn't work. And I'm not saying that that, that doesn't work for other people, but if for me, it didn't work. I had to, I had to realize that I'm a trustworthy person and that I'm a spiritual person um, and that I know my heart will take me to good places. Um, and, and once I did that, and I, I do feel like I found the divine feminine through that, um, she only continued to teach me like how good I am and how good I can be and how trustworthy I am. And so I think that that permission seeking comes from a place in women, um, where we have been taught through myths and stories and, um, and like our sexuality and our desires, we've always been taught really truthfully that there's something to fear in us, that if we really unleashed ourselves, we would either be like these really crazy erotic sexual creatures that are like just too much for everyone, (laughs) or, or we would, um, you know, maybe lead our families down this terrible road of like, you know, like kind of the story of Eve, you know, like that. I mean, I don't feel like we teach that in our church, which is so amazing, but um, I do feel like there's that underlying message of like women can be deceived easily. And I hear women say a lot, like, oh, I can just fall for anything. Someone's talking to me and I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then someone else talks to me and I feel the same way. And I I feel like I was like that a lot. Um, But, but I think it's just an easy way to live where you say like, I don't really know. Um, And I had this woman talk to me one time. um, She was like, she's a life coach. And I was asking her for help during that really hard time. And um, she kept asking me questions and I would say, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And she finally said to me, Tessa, I keep hearing you say, I don't know. And I want you to know before we hang up today that you do know, you have all the answers you need inside of you. It took me a long time. I just, it was in my heart so strongly that she said that, but it took me a long time to really believe it. And now I think of that probably like 50 times a day. I think I have all the answers I need inside of me. And that is so beautiful. I don't need to have permission from anyone, not in like a um, prideful way, not in like a you know, throw caution to the wind. Yeah. Or like, let's burn everything down and like, just run away from our lives or like, it's not that it's like a, I, I am trustworthy. I am connected to God. I am committed to being honest with myself and trying to be the best person I can be and giving myself grace when I'm not. And if I continue to do those things and, and stay connected with this God that I have found inside, um, there's nothing not to trust. And so it could only lead me down good roads. 
And another huge part I do have to say is in the very beginning, when I was practicing doing this, I would do this thing where I would say, okay, I feel like I want to make this choice, but I'm, I'm nervous. Like, can I really trust myself? Like my whole life, I've been just trusting everyone else, you know, and this may be a little different than everything I've been taught. And I would go through like worst case scenario, what is going to happen if I make this choice? And so often it was like nothing. It was like, oh, well, then I'll just decide, never mind, and I'll just do the other choice, you know? So I just practiced doing that with myself. And there were some times where I would think, like, I feel like I need to make this choice and the consequences seemed bigger. And so then I would go back to the drawing board with prayer and with people I trust and um, and maybe decide to be a little bit more of that cautionary side of myself. And that's great, too. But but when you just realize like choices so often are so like abundant, you know, and you can continually change your choices and continually go back to yourself and, and find that inner knowing. Um, and then you can kind of stop needing permission in a beautiful way, in a way, just like all the men that we see in our lives that we really love do amazing things with that energy of like confidence and we can have that because we all have that masculine and feminine energy in us. And when we use it for good, oh, it's just so much balance and beauty. Yes. Thank you so much for sharing all of that. I want to talk about some of your your artwork. One of them is called Inner Vibrations, right? Yes. Um, so can you describe the painting a little bit for our listeners to kind of have an idea and then just share what inspired it? Yeah. What your feelings are. So um, it's been so amazing to see how Heavenly Mother has changed, like in the way I um, picture her. Because um, when, when I started in the very beginning searching for her, I felt like she looked a lot like me in a way, you know? And I actually sometimes wonder if oftentimes it is me that I'm talking to, but like my eternal self, the part that's connected to God, you know? Um, and so I think that there was that sense of homecoming in the beginning of like finding that part of myself. And um, I just feel like the more I get to know this feminine side of God, the bigger she feels. Um, and so right now, which it changes all the time, but right now how I see her when I close my eyes and to say a prayer, I just often see her as like the night sky, just like almost hugging like the whole world. Um, and just like holding the whole world because it's not just humans anymore that I feel so connected to, but through her, I feel so connected to the planet and to the trees and, you know, to the creatures. And it's just, it has been such a beautiful awakening. And so for her to just be holding me seems like um, I'm missing something, you know? So when I see her just holding the whole world and me just like a part of that, oh my gosh, I just love picturing her like that. So anyway, um, I wanted to do a painting kind of with her as the night sky. Um, And then my friend told me this story um, about her she was pregnant with, um, her fourth child and she was having a ton of anxiety with it. Um, and she said that when she, 
went into um, labor, it, things did not go well. And it was kind of becoming like a, a very emergency type situation. And, um, you know, they were starting to call things out, like the room was just starting to be really chaotic. And she was on her hands and knees, um, trying to help the baby get in a better position, and more comfortable. Um, and she just was whispering to her baby girl. It was a baby girl in her. Um, and she was just saying, you can do this baby girl. You've got this baby girl. You've got this baby girl. And then she said her mom was standing right next to her and her mom was saying to her, like, you can do this. You can do this. You can do this. And then she said that she, her mom's mom has passed on and she just really felt this like really strong presence by her mom. And she just knew it was her grandma. And she just like knew her grandma was there saying like, you can do this to her baby girl, you know, to her mom. And then also to her granddaughter, you know? And then she just said like the whole room filled with this like feminine energy. And she just knew it was just packed full with women. And she said that she just imagined it going all the way back to her heavenly mother who had everyone in their lap, you know, all these women and who had birthed each other since the beginning of time, all the way down to her. And she just said like the power and the strength that came with that was just so beautiful. And she delivered her baby. Um, and her baby is, I think probably like one now and just a beautiful baby girl. And, um, she just thinks of that story often. And when she told me that I just felt so much power in it. And I have noticed that women connect most to the paintings. I do usually with, um, some sort of like angel, especially, uh, women angels in the pictures. And they'll always message me these beautiful stories like that of their grandmas being there with them, especially when they have babies. I think women just like, love knowing the strength that comes in all these women before them. And so I just loved that. Um, she told me that story and I just immediately thought of this painting. And so heavenly mother is like the big night sky and you just see her face at the top and she's kissing a woman. And then in that woman's lap is another woman and another woman. And it goes all the way down to a woman that, um, is like sitting up kind of like, looks like she's birthing something. And, um, I, and then the, the, the heavenly mother is like a night sky and there's a little snake kind of winding behind them. And the reason I added that is because, um, snakes are, have been, you know, a symbol of, um, feminine strength and fertility and like healing. And they are something that I have always thought of as really disgusting snakes. <laughs> like I've never liked snakes. I've never wanted to look at snakes, like, you know, and so it's just really funny to me that like snakes, which is something I think of as kind of gross is like supposed to be this feminine symbol. Um, and I've really changed that in my, in my head of like being just beautiful. And so much I've learned about snakes is like very womanly. They, they are very good at sensing things and they shed their skin and are like kind of, they rebirth themselves and they can heal themselves. And I just, so much of what I learned, like they, oh, they don't have um, ears, but they just sense the vibrations beneath them. And I just, 
I just feel like women have this inner vibration and that we have this inner knowing that is just so powerful. And so I really, the reason I put the snake in is just to remind women that we can feel the women that have come before us. And um, it's kind of like that inner vibration, just like, like a snake. And it leads all the way back up to Heavenly Mother. And that we also can birth ourselves um, just like snakes do, you know, like they, they shed the skin that is no longer useful for them. And I think women get really stuck in, in who they think they're supposed to be and who the world tells them they should be. But once you really find this inner knowing this, this, sometimes I call her my like eternal being myself that just has my answers and is connected to God. It was so easy for me to shed everything that wasn't useful to me. And I'm still obviously continuing to do that, but it was remarkable how quick the skin that was hurting me came off of me. Once I found that, that deep being inside of me that, that loves me and knows me. And I'm talking about myself, myself loving me and myself knowing me. And then that, that is connected to God who just absolutely adores me, you know? Yes. I want to read this, this quote um, concerning this painting inner vibrations. And you said, let the women before you be that inner vibration to follow the truth you seek Let your body and the bodies of all the birthers since the beginning of time remind you to shed the skin that doesn't fit you anymore. Let the injustice women have seen since the beginning of time peel your eyes open so you see a future more beautiful than before. I just loved that. Yes. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. One of my favorite parts of doing my paintings is to be able to write about them um, and then see how people kind of connect. So it's really special. I'm glad you connected with that. Yeah. So um, that leads really perfectly. You talked about birthing yourself. What is the name of this this second painting? Yeah, th- is it birthing yourself? Um, I do you know what? It's funny because I give paintings names and then I forget what I named them and then I'll just rename them. <laughs> I think yes. Oftentimes I say birthing yourself for this other painting. And I'm excited because it's coming in the mail for me soon. Oh, yay. I'm so excited. (laughs) Yeah, it has been um, a pretty popular one for people to buy prints of, which I am so excited about. And I think it's just, I'll tell you the story behind it and I'll try to do it really quickly. But if you need to like cut it out, you can. (laughs) But um, it's just such a crazy story. I shared it on my Instagram. um, So maybe some people have heard it. but. I have always loved art. And when I was in high school, I did this painting of um, like, it was kind of a copy of a Leonardo da Vinci sketch. Um, I'm forgetting the name. It's called, oh, well, I can't remember the name, but it's a sketch of um, like four people. 
And I don't know why I loved it back then, but I just loved it. And I, I did it on a canvas that I stretched myself and I've only ever stretched one canvas myself in my whole life. And that happened to be it. And I did it kind of in this really funky style. That was not how I usually painted at all. I think I was really getting into my creative flow, you know, Mm -hmm, (laughs) it had like mm -hmm. lots of colors and kind of streaking. And so it was like a little bit more abstract and his was like a sketch. So it was different. And anyway, Um, I never really loved it that much, truthfully. And it just sat in the back of like a closet in my parents' house. And so fast forward, um, I'm obviously like painting a lot now. And I asked my mom if I could take some of these canvases that, you know, I had painted on in high school and just repaint over them. And so I took that from my home and, um, so I started painting on it and I didn't really have a clear idea of what I was going to do. And that's not like me. I usually have a pretty clear vision of what I want. Um, but I, I did know I wanted a woman doing yoga pose just because I have found a lot of strength with yoga, um, in my spirituality in the last like year. So I wanted to, to, to have a woman doing yoga pose. That was the only thing I knew. And so I just painted, I didn't even sketch out. I just painted a woman doing child's pose kind of in the middle of the canvas. And she had, um, you know, her arms stretched out in front of her. So it almost looks like if you don't know what child's pose is, it's almost like prayer, but the arms are stretched out ahead of her. Um, and then I just was really not even thinking. I just felt like in that really creative, um, beautiful place you can get with creating of just going. And so I painted these, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six women underneath her holding her up. Um, and I didn't really know if they were going to be angels or what they were going to be, but I just kind of put them underneath her holding her up. And then I did the background really dark, like a kind of almost like the night sky. Um, and that's all I did. I just had the outlines of, of these people and nothing else. And then I stood back and I was just like in shock because (laughs) it happened to be that the face of one of the original paintings that I had done when I was in high school, it was a little girl happened to be right in the middle of the woman doing child's pose. So there's like a little girl child in the middle of the woman doing child pose. And I was like, this is weird (laughs) that that just happened to happen. Like I wasn't planning on that. And I thought, well, that's kind of weird. Like I have to, like, I was planning on putting clothes or, you know, of some kind on all these people. And, but I just couldn't, I could not bring myself to paint over her. And then as I'm looking at all the other women, they have like all these colors, like kind of dancing through them. And it's like connecting them. And, um, I just fell in love with it exactly how it was. And I didn't even feel like I had really painted it. It was just the most bizarre experience. So then I added um, like breasts on the women and I just left. Oh, I put a moon on there and then I just left it how it was. And I was like, I'll just kind of sit with it tonight and see if I want to change it tomorrow. So then that night I was reading the book Dance of the Dissident Daughter. Have you read that book before? Not yet, but. Oh my gosh, you have to read that book. I love Sue Monkett. She's like a spiritual guide for me. Yes, I read The Book of Longings last year. And so it's on my list, but yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah. So anyway, I was reading that book and she talks a lot about how during a feminine awakening, um, you you like thought things seem to be coming to you. Like you just start noticing things and like really weird coincidences start to happen. And, um, she had mentioned that she kept seeing this drawing, um, 
over and over again, like I think she saw it two or three times in these really pivotal moments from Leonardo da Vinci that had um, Mary and then like a, a different woman saint um, or two different saints that are women, I think. Now I might be getting it wrong. And then a baby Jesus are all sitting in Mary's lap. And she was talking about how beautiful that is that like just this whole like spiritual kind of church is sitting in Mary's lap. And um, she had mentioned it like two or three times at this point. And so I was like, I got to see what this drawing is. Oh, I think it's called the Burlington house drawing or Burlington something. Anyway. So I look this is like really late at night. I'm like, never stay up late, but I just couldn't fall asleep. So I just am on my phone searching up what Sue Monk kid is talking about. And I, the Burlington cartoon, that might be what it is. I yes. search it up and the moment I see it, I am just like, my hands start shaking because it is the drawing that I had copied of Leonardo da Vinci's back in, um, in high school. And the weirdest thing about it is that I didn't know that it was Mary and Jesus and all of that back then. I just had liked the drawing and I had changed Jesus to be the little girl that is now showing through in the woman doing child's pose. So she originally was a baby Jesus. And I had, for whatever reason, changed her into this little girl face. And that's what was showing through. And I was just like, I can't even explain how weirded out I was in that moment that I couldn't go to sleep for like three hours because I'm like, what the heck? It just was so bizarre to me that I had stretched the canvas myself and I had changed this drawing that then 12 years later would come around to be um, a spiritual meaning of like kind of me birthing myself and all of these women that have helped me along the way and also like Heavenly Mother and that it kind of leads back to that Christ in all of us. Like, so it was like kind of encompassing all of my beliefs of my whole life. And it was just so beautiful. And so I named it birthing yourself. Um, because I really do think that that is the work of a woman is to not birth her children, not, um, you know, be the good daughter that was birthed by her parents, you know, but to birth yourself. And I think as you go through that process, it can be really scary and really hard but just the beautiful things that come to you through that process are just remarkable. And I, I've talked to other women that have gone through processes like this. You know, I'm sure you have similar experiences where it's just, it's just remarkable and definitely from God, you know? And so one of the women on the, on the bottom and that's holding her up, she has her hand to her chin and, um, I did that because oftentimes when I feel very nervous about something with, with belonging to myself and feeling like it can be a little bit scary and hard when I know that it's different than how a lot of people feel like is acceptable to talk about God. Um, I often feel like I see heavenly mother just put her hand to her chin and say, chin up baby girl. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know why that has always come to my mind, like since the very beginning. And so one of them on the, one of these women is doing that um, as just a reminder that it is hard to birth yourself, but that it's the work of a woman and it's amazing. And there will be so many women along the way that lift you up and also men that lift you up and um, just love you. And it's so worth it. And to just keep your chin up. 
um, someone I know who really helped me in a hard moment with the spiritual awakening said that she likes to call the women who do this spiritual doulas, the women who are helping you along the way. And she said to me, it's um, an honor to be your spiritual doula in this moment. And I love that term because it's obviously about birth. And I think that that really is, is part of the work of birthing yourself is then you get to help other women birth themselves and you get to be a spiritual doula for them. And it's going to look really different for everyone. Every woman's experience is so different and to honor that and respect that and let them have their journey, but to be there lifting them and holding them and, you know, pulling and, and saying, you can keep going with this pain, you know, keep your chin up and, um, and then getting to watch that beautiful, a new life can come out of them. It's, it's really beautiful. Oh yeah. That Jess is one of my spiritual doulas, my <laughs> co-host. And a few months ago, she, she just was speaking on her stories on Instagram. And she said, you know, at the very end of labor, right before birth, it's so intense and it can feel dark and it can actually feel like death. But remember that right on this brink, right when you think it's a death, it's a birth. And she just reminded us that if you're feeling that dark night of the soul, you know, it, like you talked about in the beginning with your story, this feels so hard. This feels like death to me right now. On the other side of that is birth, is a birth of yourself, a new self. And it actually like keeps, it doesn't just happen one time either. No, (laughs) I was just like, you're saying about shedding the skin that like it, it keeps happening (laughs) and it's not comfortable, but it's a transformation that, you know, you're only better for. So that is beautiful imagery. I'm so grateful to have um, to have friends now. You're my friend. Likewise. And just to, to be in a space where I can access so much art that moves me, you know, in, in this process and this rebirth and in this connection with my Heavenly Mother and awaken the artist within myself too, you know. Yeah. And I would just say for anyone in that dark night moment, because there are many, (laughs) and I think that that is just totally how life is forever Um, to, I think this process of birthing yourself, you start to welcome, you know, that, that dark, hard time and um, not like, oh, I love this. This feels so good, but more like, okay, like, you know what it is and you to just really listen to yourself. Um, there've been really only one time through it that I did feel like my mental health was having a hard time, you know, and because it's hard to have that cognitive dissonance and to know that your whole life you've been doing things as kind of, maybe you've more been told, and then you're kind of taking that sovereignty and trusting yourself. There can be hard moments that come along with that. And then also, you know, being courageous and talking (laughs) about heavenly mother can sometimes scare people a little bit, you know? And so 
I do think it's so important for you to just listen to yourself and listen to maybe the, the boundaries that you need to set and, and, you know, sometimes taking breaks and um, just going inward and letting that be okay. And just kind of, I had, um, I don't know if you follow womb on Instagram, Bergen, she, she told me one time um, that it's, it's just like the seasons of earth, you know, that they follow each other. And after winter comes spring and to listen to yourself when you need to go in and have that darker time. And then to just accept it when it comes to an end and spring and you start blossoming more. And I thought that was a really beautiful imagery way of remembering that. Yes. I love it. Cycles just keep showing up. Yeah. (laughs) Just keep showing up. Well, we have reached the end of our time tonight, but I'm so grateful for the sovereignty you've demonstrated, the testimony you've shared, and and the powerful stories that you've shared. And I know that our listeners are going to love this. And um, so I just wanted to give an opportunity. Your handle is at Tessa Lee Art. Right. Yes. Do you also have a website or is that mostly where you sell prints through? I do have a website. It's tessaleeart.com. Um, and I actually have tried to, since I've done some Heavenly Mother ones, uh, I have tried to put some really inexpensive prints on there just because I want every woman to be able to have, <laughs> you know, some a print of Heavenly Mother that means something to her. And I'm sure if one of mine doesn't, I really would encourage people to go find one that does because it is so meaningful. So yeah, my website is tessaleeart.com and my handle is tessaleeart and Lee is just L-E-E. So Awesome. We share a middle name. Yeah. Oh, fun. Middle name? <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> Did you know it means a clear meadow, which I think is kind of sweet. <laughs> no, but now I do. Yeah, I love there it. You go. <laughs> I'm going to have to meditate on that one. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, thank you everyone for being part of this evening. And thank you, Tessa. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, we hope you'll share it. And if you haven't yet, please leave us a review. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can make a monthly donation at anchor.fm slash in her image. You can also send us a voice message at the same website sharing one of your stories about Heavenly Mother. We would love to hear it and might even share it in a future episode of In Her Image. We hope you'll tune in next Sunday for another inspiring episode.